Welcome to Beaver Does Movies, uh, James Beaver, we're right back here. Um, I decided to try something different. Uh, I had a cancellation and in my attempt to find another guest uh, last minute, it all fell through. So I decided to uh, take another stab at this solo episode. And my intention now is to do solo movie I won't really call them reviews because I don't really review movies. I just watch them and then just have a casual conversation with people. So you won't really consider them reviews. So I um, I took to thinking about the way I could really program this so that I could make it unique from the usual. And uh, I was scanning through all the avenues that I have to watch movies. And I realized I really neglected the Shutter app. And decided I should uh, pick a movie every once in a while from that from that app and just watch, review it, and have a chat about it. Uh, Shudder is a pretty decent app right now. Uh, Shudder in no way sponsors Beaver Does Movies right now. Uh, I just uh, enjoy using this service and and, and I've uh, from time to time subscribed to this service. Uh, not that I'm saying I won't uh, be sponsored by them in the past if they ever get in touch with me or I, they ever re reply to any emails that I sent, I would gladly have them on as a sponsor because I do believe what they are doing is a fantastic service. Um, so what I did was I used their collections section and went straight for, uh, I saw it as Slashix, basically a play on the word classics in case you were wondering. And I scrolled through, and usually when I uh, do an episode, if you notice recently, I do uh, clever little posters where I edit in a face or two. And one really stood out for me, which was 1982's Madman. Uh, and I pretty much was like, that is the poster for me. I can easily edit my own face into that. And uh, so, yeah, I picked it uh, while while I was doing my full-time job, uh, and then pretty much the entire time before then, it's all I've been thinking about is watching this movie, because I did a little bit of reading it up on this movie, and it was uh, quite interesting. Um, it came out in 1982, January 1st, so it was a New Year's uh, movie. Uh, Joe Gianni uh, released it. I might be butchering that name as you speak, but uh, he didn't do any other movies after this. Uh, incidentally, this um, came out, was being produced around the time the movie The Burning came out, and they pretty much had the same. They had the same uh, urban legend that it was based on, which is the uh, Cropsy uh, Maniac. So what happened was they were worried because many uh, The Burning was more of a high-level production compared to this, because this was uh, completely independent, and so they decided to completely change the entire backstory and instead set up the killer to be a murderous farmer named Madman Mars, which. <laughs> it's a really weird name that they decided on. Um, it's pretty much... I'll explain it as we talk about the uh, movie later on. But uh, this movie had a pretty decent cult following. The entire idea from the creators was that Slashes was in. And they kind of wanted the low reward... Uh, sorry, the low-cost, high reward of the time, which was uh, the Black the Black Christmas movies, uh, Halloween, Friday the 13th. They wasn't produced for much, but there was a huge return in the box office. So they decided to 
get in that business. Apparently, they sat on this for a f for about eight months, and that's why the burning kind of snuck in and was uh, well ahead before they could do anything. Um, yeah, so they completely changed everything. Uh, they rented out office space, and eventually they uh, they filmed the movie in a place called Fish Cove in Southampton, Long Island. So this is a very New York movie. Uh, because um, the Cropsy Maniac is a New York um, urban legend. So we had that. Um, very interesting. Another interesting factoid about this movie was that in the 90, it was filmed in the 1980s and John Lennon was unfortunately assassinated at the time. And what, what happened was they decided that they would uh, have, the, have the day off just in uh, memory of John Lennon. So that was very interesting as I read the Wikipedia. So uh, let's get into this um, movie. Uh, I actually really enjoyed it, but I will uh, tell you more details as we come back from the break. So let's get into Madman, shall we? Um, I noticed at the start there was a very, very, very awesome opening title. It was uh, red and what? It's red and black, and they had this really, really awesome uh, sound soundtrack uh, playing over the top of it uh, and then as we gather um, it slowly creeps into the movie and we've got a bunch of people at a, a campfire at a cottage uh, it mentions that this all happened in 1982 and um, the, the guy this is guy really given given it he's like playing to everyone and uh, I actually wrote in my notes I refer to him as Freddie Mercury because he was like really passionate and charismatic as he was singing the song. And then I found out later on that he actually sang uh, two songs on this movie. So that was pretty nifty to find out because he had like this whole performance where he's talking about trespassing and the killer and such. And um, interlaced with that, we have a lot of scenes and I this actually happens. It's scenes from the future of the movie where all the characters are killed and they just kind of put it in there and I thought that kind of made it cheap because you kind of know who's going to die and who's, who's not going to die um then so he's pretty much the federal Mer mercury of campfire horror songs and he's really giving it uh eventually we get to an old dude and he tells the tale of madman mars about a farmer who beat his family and he's like a piece of shit to his family and then what happened was he in a fit of rage, just murders his family with an axe. And these, these um, effects are pretty gruesome because you can kind of see the head and then get indented and blood just flying everywhere. Eventually, he uh, arrives back in into the bar he usually frequents to get drunk, puts the axe on the table, and then 10 people attack him and hang him. And then when they come back to check on the body, his body's completely missing. And the bodies of his family that he murdered, like his two kids and the wife, are missing as well. So that is the whole thing. And then they basically tell that man, that if you say his name, because for some stupid reason they're near this haunted house, like with an earshot, they uh, they basically tell him, do not say his name out loud because you will take it as disrespect and fuck you up, pretty much. Uh, we then get a douchey kid who pretty much says fuck him and starts yelling his name and then breaks a window so this kid deserves to die because he's a little shit um but yeah 
initially they're like, oh, don't say his name out loud. Then they eventually, I was expecting it to be like a prank where one of the counsellors jumps out, but nothing actually happens. Um, uh, the other thing is that the old man who's not in this movie often enough uh, is pretty much fighting Freddie Mercury for over-the-topness. He's just being all disturbed and all wise and everything. And there's like kids all hanging around because it's like a... It's like a typical horror slasher movie that it's a camp with camp counselors and kids. Um, we get some truly, truly terrible acting from one of the uh, kids, and you don't see the kids that often after this. And I wonder why, because she's like, "I hope he doesn't come and chop my head off." And I'm like, "Get her off," because hey, I can I can enjoy child actors, but when it looks like they're reading and then they can barely read as is. It is uh, not a good, good thing. So uh, then we get to Freddie Mercury and the blonde, uh, as I'm going to refer to as the rest of the movie, and he's pretty much wanting to dick her down. He's like, hey, come on. And then she's like, no, 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 we'll see you later. And he's like, you're not going to see me later because I'm Freddie Mercury and apparently you don't want to see me after this. And basically he's worried that she's going to tell him to fuck off after the camp and that he's just... Trying to get one last lay before the end of it. Uh, then some nosy bitch shows up telling him to get out of here. And then they start to leave. And then we get Freddie Mercury. And he's he seems pretty cool as a camp counselor, even though he's a bit of a dick. Uh, he tells the kid and he kind of makes fun with them and, and such. And then as they were doing uh, the, the douchebag, who is the douchey kid who's at the back, realizes that there's someone in the tree. And rather than go with the rest of the group, he decides to be a nosy fucker and check what's in the tree. Um, and then he wanders off, and I'm surprised the killing didn't just, like, rip his head off right there. Um, this serial killer is not very proactive. There's multiple times where these people could be murdered, but he just seems to be just doing his thing. <laughs> um, we go back to um, the nosy bitch and blonde, and they talk about Freddie Mercury and saying how, you know, he has a point, but... He shouldn't be doing what he's doing and that maybe there's apparently the nosy bitch is a bit of a slut but she's looking looking to settle down uh they plan to keep in touch when they get back into the city i don't think they're gonna make it um there's an ongoing uh bet that apparently there's like this king arthur style sword in the stone situation going on right now and um yeah it's kind of weird because uh freddie mercury tries to take it out then gets the counselor to help take it out. And if someone takes it out, they get a hundred bucks. That's like the whole goal of it. Um, and then we're introduced to what was, I thought was going to be the best character. Um, he never speaks a line. He just shows up completely drunk, all in white. I think he was a chef and his name was Zippy and he looks like Matt Perlman. And if you hear me, Matt Perlman, he does. Um, and then, Eventually, Freddie Mercury and the old man give up. We've got the old man saying, hey, you should uh, listen to yourself and just uh, give up because that's the best way. And old man advice, basically. And then he tells them something. And then they kind of just walk off. And then um, Zippy, Zippy's told by a nosy bitch with a flute to, hey, can you go and uh, check something in the back? Uh, he goes around the back and the killer... But you see a glimpse of him, and um, I thought it was Bigfoot, 
Uh, if you see this killer, he looks like Bigfoot, but uh, up close, he's actually not Bigfoot. But the way it looks and the way the blurry and the way he runs, I thought this was Bigfoot in a bunch of overalls. And I thought that would have been amazing if it was just, you know, he turned into Bigfoot overnight. Uh, so, yeah, he's uh, got his throat slit. And then um, the kids, uh, so we cut to a scene where the kids are not, uh, who was in the group with douche are now worried about where he is. So um, they get worried about him and wondering where he's gone. Um, the killer, like, I've noticed this a couple of times in this movie. The killer likes to t put a candle on and then turn it off within like two minutes. Now I guess he, and now I guess he's putting the bodies away, but it's just a waste of candle. He's constantly like turn it on and off. You know, you might, might you just do it in the dark or just get like yourself a collection and just. Get yourself a collection and a pile and then do it all at once rather than constantly wasting your candle, mate. you got to sort that out. Um, the douche is uh, sees the killer and he also is like reading his comic books, apparently. Um, so then the blonde starts going, hey, you, made, you scared the kids with your tall tales. Can you not do it? And then Freddy being the man that he is. And Freddy became, after Zippy died, Freddy became my favorite of this cast because um i don't know there's just aspects to him that i really enjoyed the, the opening song the way he is with the kids uh he was like a pretty cool character apart from him being a bit aggressive but you know it's the last day of camping he is a teenager so we have that and then um so he apologizes about wanting to dick down blondie and everyone claps everyone cheers for him as he's doing this and then they toast so i'm like the fuck is going on? You know, he's just like pretty much been like sexually aggressive to this chick, and now they're praising him for apologizing. It's like, hold on, say okay, thank you, sit down, toast to this dickhead apologizing, but they like him like a a standing ovation. So um, then apparently the po apology worked because we get to uh, Blondie and Freddie Mercury getting naked. And this is where Freddie Mercury went into favorite character territory, because you see him like getting undressed. Uh, no, I'm not. He's not my favorite character because he showed his dick. It was actually the contrary. What was above his dick? He has a belt buckle with his initials. In this movie, it's called TP. So he has like a TP belt on. I'm like, okay, that guy's awesome. And then this this is the most awkward jacuzzi sex scene I've ever seen. Because they get into the jacuzzi, you get ass and tit shots, and then they just start circling each other for like looks like five minutes in this jacuzzi, like there are a bunch of gladiators ready to murder each other. They eventually embrace, and then they start going to town, and we get the killer like grunting uh, outside the window, and as that's happening, she is grunting too, and he's grunting, so it was a, a very grunty movie. Uh, join this entire scene. Um, yeah. So then we get we cut to the friend, uh, the nosy bitch, uh, playing a flute in the middle of a lake for some reason. And then she starts to pathetically try and climb this hill. Uh, usually when you climb a hill, you usually make a run for it because you want to keep there. She immediately gets on her hands and feet and, like, on her hands trying to climb up. So much so that the killer almost grabs her before she jumps into, before she managed to climb. And then as she turns around and the killer's not there anymore, she blows a, blows a raspberry for some reason. 
Uh, she starts to endear a little bit just because there's like a, a reoccurring joke where the killer almost grabs her, but never ends up actually until later on. And um, so then we're introduced to four more counselors. Uh, like there's two, there's four couples. One of them just monologues his ass off about how intelligent he is and how you don't know who I really am. I could be killing. He was intentionally a, a red herring to make it look like that he is dressing up as Madman Mars and killing everybody. But really, it was just a reason to give the guy a monologue. He's actually pretty good. Um, he's not been in anything else. I thought I recognized him, but that wasn't to be the case. Um, and then, so apparently he's very smart and he starts waving around a knife like a dickhead. The old, the old, the old giggle as he makes jokes about cutting his girlfriend's head off. Uh, so Freddie Mercury is now worried about one, the uh, douche who's missing. He basically grabs the kid's arm and starts twisting it in a joking manner, asking, hey, what's going on? Where is he? And so he offers to go find him solo. Blondie notices a figure stalking and she's worried and he's like, don't worry, babe, I'm okay. Um, and then it begins stalking Mercury because after she leaves it shows the killer, like, from the point of view at, at, at Halloween, following Freddie Mercury. Uh, two counselors worry about it. not bad because just... But they're like, you know what? Fuck it. We're just going to go for a swim. He could kill us all, but I want to get my hair wet. Uh, Mercury's looking for douche, and, is grab and the killer pretty awesomely grabs him by his throat with a noose and pretty much drags him up a tree. And... The way Freddie Mercury's face goes purple was amazing because it really looks like he was getting fucked up. Really good act acting from him. Um, so, and even cleverly, he manages to like grab the branch above him and like holds himself up. But that's where the killer uh, shows up and unfortunately grabs him by his TP belt buckle and just snaps his neck by pulling him down, which was pretty cool. Uh, I've never saw that done before, and it was a pretty unique way to do the whole hanging scene because usually they just hang somebody and they fray around for 10 minutes, and then you never get, and then that's it, they just stop. Whereas this was actually, you know, uh, a lot of the kill, kills in this were actually pretty brutal, so I did appreciate that. Um, I also noticed that the killer does have not, has no shoes on at all. He's just walking around barefoot, so he's got some fucked up feet. Um, and then, so Nutbag is going by Blonde, uh, tells him to go find him, but is worried about the thing she saw earlier, so Nutbag is like, you know what, I'm going to go find him, um, and then we finally get the axe pulled out of the stump, and it's a serial killer, so I'm wondering if he becomes King Arthur of this, uh, camp after that, and does he actually get the hundred bucks after this, because there was clearly a bet. And uh, Madman Mars clearly uh, won. I'm slapping my leg for some fucking reason, but who cares? Doing what I am. Uh, so then, uh, Killers. Um, Nobody discovers Mercury and pulls out a knife to defend himself. He pulls him down and checks on him. Motherfucker's dead. Uh, and then, so he, he pulls out his knife again. He's not waving it around. He's just like trying to make sure that no one jumps out at him. Uh, the killer pretty much just comes in swinging. 
He's swinging for the fences. He wants to knock this motherfucker's head off. Um, and he's just chasing, and then he's chasing him slowly as uh, Notebag kind of rolls around. And then eventually we get uh, a slow motion shot of the killer jumping in the air. But we never actually get the final effect of a head getting cut off. It just kind of, you just see the axe land and then you never see anything violent, which was a shame because it was uh, kind of built up with the axe. Um, so then eventually uh, the, the nosy friend walks on on the other couple as they're uh, pretty much going to town on each other in a tent. Uh, she's wondering what's going on. Uh, where is Nutbag? And they're like, we don't know. He just uh, went off to uh, check on Freddie Mercury. And so uh, then, being a bit of a bitch that she is, he's like, I'm not telling you to rush, but hurry. So what you're basically telling them is to rush, but you're trying to just save yourself from some face right now. So I just tell him, I'm really scared. Can you come and help me? I'm sorry to do this. You can go to town on each other later. Uh, so the nosy friends, um, uh, the killer starts to stalk the nosy friend. Uh, yes, that's it. And, uh, she goes back to, this car is a piece of shit because she's been to this car multiple times and has to, like, fix it. So how they got to this secluded, uh, campsite in the first place, she must have been every five minutes just tinkering. She probably was there, you know, in the middle of it. Uh... So the couple are finished up and go search while the blonde is also looking, uh, is uh, now looking at the kids, saying we, we, uh, nut job and Freddie Mercury have gone missing. Uh, nosy asshole has gone to find them and we want to make it more of a team. So can you look after the kids? He's like, I guess so. And then we get a pretty decent kill. Uh, so nosy fr- friend is again fixing the car and, um, uh, before that, she also, um, she was fixing the car. She fixes the car a lot of times in this movie. I count like three or four times. And in like, I think the third time, she fixes the car and then goes round. And then the killer slowly tries to grab the door handles rather than put his hand through the window like he would because you're trying to murder somebody. And she uh, drives off before he can get in, which was kind of funny. And then, uh, so after that, she's searching in some other place guess what car broke down again so then eventually uh she's checking under the the, uh the hood of the car and you kind of see the killer at the back like you know the back of the car he runs over the top of the roof and double stomps the shit uh the uh the uh, hood of the car and pretty much cuts the head off and we get a decent scene of a head headless corpse just bleeding everywhere (laughs) and i'm like holy shit that's pretty cool um and then the uh, girlfriend, uh, who was macking in the tent, tent girl, she sees um, she she sees the killer lifting the body up, and she just hysterically starts screaming. She runs into the arms of tent boyfriend, and tent boyfriend's like, "Oh, what's going on? Oh no, no, you're probably just married me. Let's go take a look. Let's go in the op- let's go in the same direction where you saw potential bullshit happening." Uh, and then they come back and they're like, oh, there's nothing there. Even though where you can see there's like blood everywhere. I know it's dark, but it's like a very bright blood print on the hood of the car where where her head used to be. And there's probably blood splatter everywhere else. And then um, they start like going around the car, but they don't notice anything until 
they open the car and you just hear like head bubbling and everything like that because the head is placed inside the engine so it's probably just getting ground up uh the boyfriend gets up and then finally he notices a blood splatter and then checks in and then the head and the guy's like okay she, uh 10 girlfriend comes around and she's like eh. you know she starts screaming the boyfriend on the other hand is just like eh, let me go get this fuck off over there just throws on the side of the road and just <laughs> runs off just doesn't give lefts of a shit that his friend is dead but it's just you know see ya let's go i'm off here uh so then eventually uh they're driving and the killer's learned his lesson instead of trying to use the door he basically puts his hand through the window and drags the boyfriend out and as this happens uh the car crashes and the girl just uh the tent girl flies out the car and then uh, a <laughs> pretty cool scene um she looks up and the killer has the uh the tent boyfriend over his head uh you don't see anything but you can hear like bones crunching as he's like kind of lifting him up so he's basically giving like a, a, a reverse gorilla prep into a torture rack kind of situation and basically like, just snapped his spine while he's on top of him. Um, so this freaks the fuck out of uh, Tango. And she just goes screaming everywhere. Um, we then see the killer drag the body. Which was seen in the opening credits. During the cool ass song. Uh, and then we get we see Douches. He's just like teleporting everywhere in this movie. First he's in the house. Then he's elsewhere. Now he's uh, in the woods. He's just kind of just boop 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 boop. This guy is the future Jason. My guess is this is a prequel to the Jason movies and this is who Jason ends up being because of his teleport ability. Uh, so then he um, he follows through and then he walks into the house and then sees something and it's it just focuses on his face, which is really good atmosphere because you don't see what it is, but it really is built up with the way the... So then 10 girls start screaming everywhere and then you notice... There's this really weird scene where you just see the blonde just sitting over this little girl watching her sleep, stroking her hair. And she was clearly asleep, so it was very creepy. I was like, I hope blonde dies, just because she's a bit of a creep. Uh, then, uh, so she's screaming, but yeah, like I said, the blonde is too busy being a creep. Uh, Tengo is yelling and making si- She is making zero sense that she's screaming. And I swear she was making dolphin noises as she was screaming. Because she's like, <laughs> you know, but it was good acting in the sense that you just saw the head of your be- one of your good friends and your boyfriend pretty much turn into a pretzel right in front of you. So in the context of it, it works, but kind of underperformed by the actress. Uh, so the killer just starts hauling ass and we kind of see him in a bit of a more of a light and... He's all hunched over, and this is where I thought he was the uh, big foot in overalls. Uh, but it wasn't. It wasn't the case. We get a better look at him. Uh, he starts wrecking shit, and then Blondie, uh, not Blondie, shit. Uh, she, she can't. No, she has dark hair. So why am I even calling her Blondie? Uh, she hides it in a fridge. She, uh, she's there's a big a fridge big enough for her to hide into it, uh, and the killer's just fucking, and then. Eventually, she, uh, the, all, everything stops, and then there's a very long, long scene of her just walking and walking and walking. And I, it was that was another five minutes. I do hate scenes um, where it's 
where they need to sort the running time out and so they uh pad it out with just these long long tension scenes uh, you can build up tension because if you with a, a small scene but if you keep doing it for too long eventually like myself i'm going to go to the bathroom because i'm tired of waiting but it was made up for with a pretty decent kill uh he pops out of nowhere and pretty much axes her in the goddamn throat like full on and you see it go in and everything and it's funny she, she kind of takes a pause and then kind of like stumbles back but it's like a static stumble and then she just drops um so then she, uh blondie sees the uh finally sees this even though uh tent girl was screaming her asshole off she was probably too fixated on like sleeping girls apparently uh, but then she sees a bed, uh, dead body, calls the old man who's clearly in a poker game because he, he had like a, a deck of, uh, he had like a hand of cards in his hand and he's like constantly looking at him like he, he's got like a winning pair and basically tells him, hey, people are dying, get the fuck over here. Uh, so he's immediately rushed to the venue, uh, to the rescue and this old man is now the uh, de facto uh, best character even though he's in the beginning and he's in the end and that's it. Um, so Blondie pulls out shotguns because you need to arm the main, uh, the final girl. And after seeing the, and then, uh, she sees this, uh, killer stumbling around. And then, so she walks outside wondering, and then she looks through the window. And then Ten Girl is still alive. But what she does is she presses her face against the window, screaming Blondie's name, and Blondie turns around and just blasts her in the face with a shotgun. And this was hilarious because it was just so mean to her. Even though she she screams like a dolphin, she she didn't deserve to be axed in the neck and then shotgun in the the face by her friend. It was pretty unfortunate. Uh, now she decides to wake up the kids, even though they're probably all awake from the uh, shotgun blast um they try escaping through the bus and the killer basically puts his hand through the door and they hold his hand and she just goes to town on his hand just repeatedly bashing the shit out of his hand and you can hear the killer whimper i wonder if that was include if that was actually a part of the movie or if she just beat the fuck out of this uh actor's hand um, she eventually runs off and she tells one of the kids, hey, you probably hot wire cars it back in New York. Go drive this motherfucker to safety. She gets out and um, she's finally at the house. Um, and then we finally see the full killer and he actually looks a lot better uh, in person because he's pretty much an old man. He has a bunch of scars. Um, he, he, he still looks a bit big footy, but it... It doesn't look as bad as you would think. He, he looks like a, a mutant hillbilly. He, he has like claws for his hands and everything. Uh, the, uh, he has a missing nose, scars on his eyes and everything like that. Um, and the killer just slices a part of her cheek off and she just drops. And um, he basically drags her down the basement, tosses her onto a hook like a motherfucker. And I'm like, holy fuck, this guy isn't playing. And then she uh, pulls out a knife that she had in her pocket and then stabs in the back. And in that happening, she knocks, he knocks over uh, some candles, which results in the whole place burning to the ground. And then eventually we get that douche survived. He's still alive. 
but he's just so traumatized. And old man walks up to him and goes, what's going on? What's going on? And the douche is just like, it's real, it's real. And then we cut to uh, the, the fire in the house, the douche looking on all messed up, uh, the old man's tale about what hap- what what goes on if you say his name, and then the douche running into the moon. And then uh, we get that badass Madman Mars theme. And I would like to play a little bit in a minute. Uh, so just give me a second. Okay, so we're back and I have it all synced up. So yeah, that's that's how the movie ends with him screaming, "It's real, it's real!" And then that music plays, and I love a good theme song, especially when it's explaining the movie and the fact that the uh, one of the stars of the movie sang it. I was like, "This gets full marks for me." Uh, I really enjoyed this. I'm glad I I like the poster enough to pick it. Um, I would definitely watch this again. Uh, definitely get a group of us again. Uh, together again and maybe watch it um it's on shutter uh shutter services uh, in canada potentially in the us too you can probably pick it up on dvd if you want to add it to your collection i really recommend uh the madman uh very decent slasher movie that's not very well known i didn't know this movie until recently so uh definitely check it out um so yeah i'm just going to take a a small drink break and then I'll be right back just to do some final words. Welcome back to the show, James Beaver here again. Uh, this will be the uh, last part of the show where I just kind of explain what is going on. Uh, right now, podcast is doing good. I've got a decent backlog right now. Um, pretty much just got to keep going. Uh, eventually, I want to do the theme ones I've uh, discussed. In the most recent episodes I've done, that I am going to do a theme for October, as it's been Halloween. Uh, and since the uh, horror icons of my childhood, Freddy, Jason, Leatherface, and Michael Myers, are pretty much a big part of me, and they've all had remakes, I've decided that we're going to do a remake uh, session for that month, where me and a friend, me and a guest... We'll talk about the remakes, where they went right, where they went wrong. Do they work on their own merits? Do they hold up the honour of the series that it preceded? Uh, I'm, very, I'm looking very much forward to it. I already have uh, Mike Mission, uh, potentially Matt Pullman, and I have two other guests in the pipeline that I need to confirm with. Um, right now, the, um, the last episode will be the, the, the last of the original guests, before I start doing re- return guests, uh, I gave myself a uh, t- a ten a ten person minimum on new guests before I started recycling people. And now that I've kind of hit my uh, stride with that, I've decided that I'm going to be bringing in some uh, old guests. Uh, the the next episode that you're going to listen to has uh, my mission. Uh, I have other people in mind. Uh, that I've just got to track some uh, numbers down uh, I already have some posters made for a couple of the episodes that I'm very much looking forward to um, 
I really do hope you guys enjoy uh, the content that I put up. Uh, I want it to be as free as possible uh, in the sense that it's all relaxed, uh, not much editing apart from when I breathe too heavy or I completely fuck up, which I've done with this. But usually when I'm doing an episode with a guest, uh, I usually leave in mistakes because it's just funny that way. Um, because we can bounce off each other and make fun of each other because I prefer that way. Uh, usually I'm a lot more judgmental on myself when it comes to a solo episode, but I kind of want to do these every one to two months. Um, this will be my ace in the hole if I... Uh, Ace in the hole, Jesus fucking Christ. Well, I'm not going to edit that because I was just talking about not editing. But um, yeah, it's going to be my ace in the hole in case I I need some content and I can't find anyone. Because sometimes booking people for episodes can be hard with uh, real life jobs getting in the way and just time and space. So um, it's nice that I have this ace in the hole. Um this is probably going to be ending up being 40 minutes, which is uh, less than a usual episode, but it's nice that I'm doing it by myself. Um, I managed to speak for 40 minutes and not have anything uh, being completely lost or not or not having anything to say. So that's a pretty good achievement in, in, in itself. Um, I would also like to add that if anyone has any questions or comments or suggestions that they would like to send my way, uh, if you are a listener, beaverdoesmovies at gmail.com. I set up a personal email for this show so that it doesn't coincide with my work email because I sometimes don't like having my legitimate email out there because uh, dickheads and stuff like that. Uh, I don't want people stealing my identity and uh, I have pay stubs and a lot of important information on there. Even though now I'm telling everybody, come step up, find my email the dickhead that I am. Um, yeah, um, I have a lot. I have a lot of coming up. Um, I'm going to a live the room show. It's my second one in the park theater. Uh, September the second, I believe. No, no, that's uh, no, sep- September the fourth. It's on a Tuesday. Uh, I already purchased tickets, and I'm very much looking forward to going to that. I'm also going to be going to the Halloween edition of Evil Dead the Musical. Uh, both of these at the park theater. If you guys ever see an advertisement for uh, an advertisement commercial on Facebook or wherever for the Park Fitters um, movie showings, just, I really recommend going because it's a great atmosphere, the staff are amazing, Um, very down-to-earth, very friendly, they have decent deals on drinks and stuff like that. And once again, I'm not being sponsored by these guys, I just like to call out things where they do really well. And it should be out there in the open on how well, well they do. So I do recommend that you guys check out the Park Theatre when they have their uh, cinema showings. Uh, I saw Birdemic and The Room for the first time. I've never watched them on my own because I thought it would be best as a like a group experience and I've never dragged anyone in. But watching uh, those movies in a, in a crowded group is pretty much one of the best experiences I've had. In a movie, I've seen Toxic Avenger. I've seen a lot of silly movies at the Park Fair. And honestly, Park Fair was one of the places where I decided to do a podcast based about movies. I was in the process of thinking of what can I do to get a, a, a podcast off the ground and what do I talk about? And I went to watch uh, The Room, actually, funny enough. And I was like, 
oh yeah, why don't I just do movies? I, I know what I'm talking about when it comes to movies. Uh, I'm not very critical, but I can hopefully translate my enjoyment to all these movies and explain to you guys to watch it or not. There's been a couple of times where I've been angry movies. Uh, pretty much the last two episodes, you, you're probably going to hear uh, is me angry, but then there's kind of been an upswing again with this episode and the next, because we watched two really good, fun movies, uh, short movies too. This one was like 80 minutes, and the the next one I watched was 70 minutes, uh, probably 60 with credits. So uh, definitely, I'm going to try my best to have shorter shorter movies and make sure they have a, a degree of fun to them. Before I decide, I still love my list and I still want to go through it. But uh, I'm gonna when it comes to adding criteria, I might just have a, a bit more uh, scrutiny when it comes to picking because I don't want to watch a three and a half hour epic where an hour in I'm already punching the wall. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much where where I'm coming from when it comes to podcasts, and I really do hope everyone that enjoys this. Um, just enjoys what I'm putting out there. Uh, I'm past the 10 uh, episode, uh, the 10 episode curses Stefan Richard was mentioning. And so I've decided that I'm going to keep going because I do love doing this. Um, if I, if I don't get great numbers, fantastic. If I don't get paid for it, fantastic. This is a hobby to me. Uh, if it became a profession, fantastic. But it's just something I've really been enjoying doing. It's uh, improving the way I speak because uh, I have some issues speaking sometimes because I'm a pretty quiet person. Uh, so this is helping me speak in public and improve my uh, way of saying things and allow myself to have a long form of conversation rather than grunts and pointing at shit. Um, yeah, uh, so thanks for listening. And um, yeah, if you, if you guys listen and you just want to just chat, uh, go to Facebook. Go to Facebook, send me a message over the account. Uh, just, you know, if you have recommends, we can chat. Uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty humble when it comes to that. Just mention that you're a, a fan of the podcast and, uh, I'll try and get my awkwardness over when it comes to new people. Uh, and uh, I we can have a discussion on what movies you like. And if you tell me, uh, you love Super Mario Brothers like Mike Mission does, you're fucking wrong. Uh, I hope you people die. Because Super Mario Brothers is an abortion. As you can see that I gave up on the last episode. So you step up and we're going to step you off. Um, so now I'm threatening people. So you know how it's going. Um, yeah, like I said, guys, um, we're all up for good com- conversation. Look forward to uh, having some more guests. I'm going to try and get out my wheelhouse and in- introduce people I haven't spoken to in a while. Um, I'm planning trips uh, back home to England, and I have a couple of guests lined up there, so you're going to get an international flavor uh, coming up in December when I head out there. But yeah, definitely just uh, just keep watch viewing if you uh, you know like the post on Facebook. Um, it sounds like I'm begging, but you know I, I just it's just nice when I see someone that I don't know liking my posts. Because it's like I'm reaching out to people. It's not just people I, that I know. Um, holy shit. I'm getting all sobby now. Fucking hell. Um, yeah. Um, much appreciated. Um, if you're listening to the first time, it's not usually like this. We usually have a guest. Um, if you're just listening, 
uh, because you want to listen to me, or if you just listen to an episode just because you want to hear your friend, give the other episodes a try. Um, it, I believe it'll be worth it. Uh, we try and keep it to under an hour and a half. Um, we have skipping points. Uh, eventually, I'm going to uh, find out what each is so that you can go straight to the movie. Uh, because sometimes you don't want the bullshit at the start, but usually the bullshit at the start doesn't uh, last for long. Um, I used to listen to podcasts where uh, I didn't want to know about your life. Just get to the movie. You know, as much of a dickhead movie it is, but sometimes you just get to that point where it's like, I don't care, or I don't want to listen to these plugs right now. Um, I've heard podcasts where it's been five minutes and they're still plugging shit. Or it's a Joe Rogan situation where it's been an hour. Uh, love, I love those podcasts, but I'm like, God damn, stop. Uh, it's why they have the, uh, the plus 30 second button. Um, but other than that, um, if you're listening to it for it the first time, uh, follow us on Facebook at Beaver Does Movies. Um, Twitter at Beaver Does. Uh, my Instagram is uh, BeaverJMM. Uh, if you want to send me a message or you have uh, a request to be on the podcast and you live in the Winnipeg area, uh, feel free to message me um, Beaver Beaver Does Movies at gmail.com. Or if you have a question for when I next do a Shudder Solo episode, where I might even throw in a mailbag if I get enough questions. Um, I will read them on air and answer your questions if you have, unless it's asking me how small my butthole is or something like that. Um, other than that, thank you. Uh, Spotify still has not replied to us. Um, we're on week two so far, um, as of this recording. And right now, uh, we're still on Google Play. We're still on Stitcher. Uh, iTunes, love iTunes. I hate Apple products, but I love iTunes. Um, probably gonna get kicked off iTunes for, uh, swearing about Apple. But, uh, yeah, uh, thank you very much. Um, like I said, uh, free form conversation here. Um, I don't write much. Uh, I only write notes and they're just a guiding point. I like to read off this. So, uh, if you just want to hear someone yell about movies or make fun of people, that are looking them right in the eye, then uh, definitely check this out. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you, and you guys have a fantastic one.